Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Episode 15 of the Pro Wrestling Index only on the Anfield Index Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt Topolsky, and I am joined once again by my co-commentating colleague, Mo Chatra. Mo, welcome back to the Index. How you doing, my friend? I'm not too bad, Matt. I've been better. Um, not Today has it been the best of days. Uh, I've been uh, diagnosed with a kidney stone, so I spent, oh, half of t- I spent half of today in hospital, and they found uh, an eight-millimeter kidney stone um, that stuck somewhere between my kidney and uh, other parts of my uh, anatomy. But, um, yeah, that, that's not particularly pleasant, but painkillers are helping me, so I'm, I'm getting through this. Oh, my God, man. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but... Um, I mean, if you need to stop and take a break and and pop some more pills, please, by all means, go ahead and do that. I will not judge you. Man, that sounds uh, awful. It can be painful, but I'm no selling it like Hawk, so uh, I should be okay. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Also, uh, we are honored to have join us this week on the program, the host of the Mexican AI podcast on the Anfield Index, Armando and Gula. See, did I did I do that right, Armando? It's an O instead of an A at the end of the last name. Ah, I screwed name. But it up still. That, Damn it. We're good, my man. Don't worry about it. And it's a pleasure Gulo. being on. And yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, see, I'm going to write that on a blackboard a hundred times when I'm done. All right, Armando. <laughs> You'll be all right. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, enjoy your show uh, on the Anfield Index. So it's, it's awesome to get you in and talk a little pro wrestling, a little sports entertainment. No, man, I appreciate you guys having me. And I know we've been trying to get on, have me on for a little while. And it's just great to be on and finally talk about one of my, uh, one of my childhood passions and something that, you know, I grew up with and I really enjoy. Sweet, man. Well, we're going to have awesome. a lot of fun. We've got a lot to talk about. So, um, let's get right into it, folks. WWE Raw. <laughs> I mean, where do we start with Monday Night Raw? Why don't we start with Seamus gyrating, uh, on our television along with New Day, the WWE champion Seamus. Um, I, you know, he comes out to chance of you look stupid and I just don't know how they can possibly get this guy over as a legitimate heel champion, especially with WrestleMania season on the horizon. Uh, Mo and I have talked about this quite a bit. Armando, you are new to the podcast. So your brief thoughts, uh, on Sheamus as WWE champion and what we saw to kick off Monday Night Raw this past week. I mean, for me, Sheamus 
as champion isn't as bad as as cheesy as Roman Reigns has been. I think if Roman Reigns has been champion, it's so bad how cheesy and, and face they're really trying to make it. And it's not really getting over. He's getting booed. It's not something we want to see. Um, Sheamus isn't exactly, I think, what we want to see either. But at least it's a stopgap until they find the right champion, I think. They weren't ready with, you know, Seth Rollins going out unprepared. They were seemed a little unprepared for that with, for his injury. And then Sheamus was kind of all they had, that stopgap. And I think, uh, you know, he's more of a cartoon character. And I've heard you guys discuss this in the past pods. And he's, it's like you said, he's a cartoon character. It's hard to take him serious with that terrible beard and, and that look. And, and I don't know. It's, I'm not, it's not something I can get behind, but I really don't see any other options with how it, it was booked and how it played out, to be quite honest. Fair enough. Mo, um, has Sheamus done anything to change your opinion your, or your mind since they put the WWE title on him? No. No. No is a short answer. I mean, the long run answer is they had to do something at some point with Sheamus um, in terms of the title because obviously they decided to uh, make him um, the winner of the Money in the Bank contest back in June. And I just couldn't see how they could go with any kind of title storyline post-Royal Rumble. That said, it's increasingly looking likely that he could actually be the champion beyond the Royal Rumble, which when he first became champion a couple of weeks ago, I thought unimaginable. I thought there's no way they can have him as champion uh, beyond the Rumble. But um, they are so short of depth at the top that there's almost he's almost the top guy by default because all the other top guys, Cena, Orton, uh, Brock Lesnar, they're hardly around uh, for various different reasons. Um, so that's why they've almost had no option but to put it on uh, him at this stage. And I think it'd be absolutely a terrible indictment on the company if Sheamus is a champion all the way through to WrestleMania. I, th- I think that's something that uh, could potentially be an awful scenario. I, mean, I know that's something we'll be talking about later in the show. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that concerns me. Well, I mean, you know what? You, you've hit on it and, and no better time than the present. Uh, I was listening to the Ross report earlier in the week. Jim Ross had well-respected pro wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer on the program, and they were discussing this very topic, which was Sheamus and having the title on Sheamus through WrestleMania, uh, Jim Ross seemed to be in support of this idea uh, and thinks that they can build Sheamus as a legitimate heel. I couldn't disagree more on this fact, and I'm not sure if Jim Ross is just saying this because uh, Jim Ross has you know a great amount of respect for Sheamus, and Sheamus deserves respect. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I say that um, I'm not happy with Sheamus at WWE Champion, it doesn't mean that I'm not a fan of Sheamus personally, and of course he's a Liverpool supporter, but I am not a fan of this presentation of Sheamus. When Sheamus was a heel prior to this, he was an excellent heel. I mean, if you remember uh, the program that he had with Triple H several years dating back, where he said, you know, a warrior never bows to a king. I mean, that's the Sheamus that we want to see, not this goofy presentation of Sheamus. And then having him dressed up in a suit with a slick back mohawk and diamond pendant bracelets hanging off the 14 beards on his face while he's gyrating on national television. He looks absolutely ridiculous. I mean, is there, I mean, Armando, to this point, what can they do with Sheamus? Uh, And do you think that it's a realistic possibility that he will be WWE champion up and through WrestleMania? 
Unfortunately, I do think it's a real possibility. I mean, with them building the League of Nations and everything else with Del Rio and, and the supporting cast that he has, that's a faction that they're building. And factions can work for, you know, to benefit a champion. We've seen that in the past and that can work, but that's, I think that's what they're betting on is for this faction to be able to carry feuds with Roman Reigns as his, you know, newly built faction with the Usos and stuff. And this is how they're going to carry it on. But I just feel like WrestleMania is way too far away for them to just, you know, string this along for, for that period of time so really i don't know if they have too many other options but i do see a possibility where sheamus is carrying this title all the way down to wrestlemania and, and to be quite fair as a fan that's that's pretty much a shame because that's not something i want to see there should be more competition and i know that they're thin due to injury at the top like mo just said but it's no excuse when you're a company of the magnitude of wwe and you've been doing this for so long you should have you know a plethora of people to be able to fill in this spot that seth rollins lost you know and, and we don't have anybody picking up the slack right now and it's really sad more than anything yeah i mean i agree and mo you had pointed out on the show a few weeks ago uh, or possibly on the show last week about you know maybe this is an opportunity uh, to develop some some new talent or give young talent an opportunity to rise to the occasion and build a new star. There is so much talent that exists in NXT. There's so much talent that's bogged down in the mid-card that hasn't been given an opportunity. And this was really a chance for them to build new stars. Instead of doing that, they put the title on Sheamus. Well, that's right. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how I'd prefer to have seen uh, Kevin Owens walk away from the Survivor Series as WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Obviously, that didn't happen, and I thought I think that was always unlikely to happen, just because um, I I would I would guess that he's one of these individuals that is a polarizing figure um, amongst the power brokers within the WWE. I think there are certain people like Triple H that love him because he's a great worker. I think there are others that will be down on him because he hasn't got the right kind of look, right kind of physique. Um, and that manifests itself in how he was booked in the tournament. I wasn't happy the fact that he uh, lost clean to Dean Ambrose and it certainly didn't do anything for his momentum. I also speculated a few weeks ago about a scenario in which they could call up Finn Balor and do something really special with him. You know, another new face, another person they can make a real impact with, somebody who's uh, different, charismatic, unique um, as a character. And again, they didn't want to go down that route just at this moment. So they've gone with somebody who they've had the strap on in the past. Um, I don't think he's an embarrassing champion. He's not somebody who looks um, ill at ease with that title around his waist. But it, it just reeks of um, how depleted the roster is that, it seems nobody in the company right now is a bona fide top guy. Not one single person. Everyone seems like a mid-carder. And that was just screaming out at me when I watched Raw. Not one single act on that show, not Roman Reigns, not Sheamus, not Dean Ambrose, none of them came across like a top star that I'd want to pay to buy a ticket for. And um, that, that was really disappointing. But Mo, is, is, that, is that a product of the fact that these guys don't have what it takes, or is it a product of the way that they've been presented? I mean, we've talked about the booking on this show, and if you're constantly losing in the mid-card, then you are promoted back to the upper card, then you are losing in the mid-card again, and you have this stopgap booking where guys are one week in a program for the World Heavyweight Championship and the next week they're jobbing in the first hour of Raw and being used as enhancement talent, isn't that part of the problem? 
I agree, absolutely it is. Um, you know, if you ask Vince McMahon, he'll say, well, it's all the talent's fault. You know, they don't grab that brass ring as they um, keep being told. And I completely disagree with him. I think it's 90% to do with the poor booking. Everyone is booked in a certain way that makes it extremely difficult, if not impossible, um, to come across as a top, top star. And that that's um, something that's coming back to bite them in the backside now. And uh, they've only got themselves to blame. Absolutely. I agree, Mo. And it's, it is a booking issue because we see with Del Rio and this Mex America thing that needs to be dropped. And it's not something that I enjoy, but I was actually at Hell in the Cell live at Staples with my brothers and stuff. And we were watching this. And when Del Rio came out at the start of that, the pop he got was phenomenal. Del Rio is a person that this company can, can lean on during these thin times. Del Rio is a main eventer. He's, you know, he's a, a legacy wrestler. He has, it's in his blood. This is what he does. He's a main event. His moves are, are, are major. He is a quality, quality performer in the ring. Yeah, sometimes on the mic, he's not that great, but this is somebody who, you know, match with the right person. Zeb Coulter's not that person, but match with the right person could have done something really special in this moment and carried this company for a little while, I think, personally. Well, and see, and that's the that that's the problem, again, is, is the presentation, because I, I agree with you 100%, Armando. I mean, this is a guy, if you saw the work of Alberto El Patron and Lucha Underground and AAA, this is a guy Phenomenal. that, you know, Phenomenal. when he's allowed to be himself, um, he's an absolute badass. And, and you know, they're looking for their next real Latin star. I mean, with all due respect to Rey Mysterio, who's one of the greatest uh, stars in the history of the business, if you're looking for a Latin star that can, that can meet that Rey Mysterio level for WWE, this is the guy. Alberto Del Rio is the guy, but you have to let him be himself. You have to allow him to be himself. You can't sidecar him with a ridiculous manager on a jazzy electric scooter. Um, you, you have to allow the man to be himself. I don't understand it. And now he's in a stable, and maybe this stable will do good for him. Or perhaps this will just continue to um, lead to him disappearing in the card again. Yeah, no, I'm hoping that this is good for him. I, I mean, I'm skeptical, obviously, because he's not the main piece here, but I'm very hopeful for him with being the U.S. champion and being part of this stable. If they can all maintain their championships the new day and they can be a real power and a force, I think the faction can work and everybody can be successful. But eventually there's going to have to be a turn here. And I think Del Rio is the main man to be able to, you know, be the main man in this League of Nations. Del Rio should not be behind Sheamus ever. His legacy in AAA, his legacy in Lucha Underground, all of that, he should never be behind Sheamus. And and I, I just don't understand it, and it's really disappointing. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, you know, as a main event act, he has uh, proven in the past, in the recent past, that, you know, he can come across as a credible performer. And I'd much rather him be the champion um, than, than Sheamus be on the Royal Rumble. And I think they can certainly come up with a scenario which can result in um, Alberto becoming the champion around the Royal Rumble time and um, Sheamus then moving back down to the mid-card, which is where he's been uh, for a number of years now. And certainly moving forward from Royal Rumble through to WrestleMania, if um, Alberto Del Rio was a champion, um, I think that'd certainly be credible. Don't forget, I mean, we have got people to come back I expect um, John Cena to be back around the Royal Rumble time. So they really need to start thinking about how to book um, towards WrestleMania. And I know that 
they clearly have brought Alberto in to try and target um, the Latino market. And, you know, Dallas is a big um, Latino market in itself. And if they want to attract um, a lot of fans from that area and around Texas, then um, having Alberto potentially in a strong uh, position from the Royal Rumble through to WrestleMania uh, would certainly make sense. Um, so that, that's what I'd like to see. And I'd, I'd like to hope that that's, that's the kind of route they go down. Because for me, the thought of Seamus being the champion for another you know four months, that that's, doesn't bear thinking about. That's just a horrible scenario. I, I, I don't understand the thinking behind it. Um, I, I In terms of, of keeping the title on him long term, and I don't, I, I, for, for the life of me, I can't understand why Jim Ross would think that that would be a good idea for the product. I mean, this is a guy that's been pretty outspoken uh, about uh, how he feels regarding the WWE product and, and where Raw has been heading uh, in recent months. And it's also fascinating, guys, as we, uh, we get into the, um, the ratings for the show this week, which surprisingly were up uh, from last week, which was a record low, the lowest ratings since February of 1997. Um, this uh, this week's edition of Monday Night Raw averaged 3.17 million viewers throughout the three hours, um, but it was still a tra- it still trailed uh, Monday Night Football and uh, several other uh, key shows on Monday nights here in the states. Uh, so the question that I have is: Is this good news or is it bad news that the ratings have gone up? Because it may be good news in the short term, but if these ratings are going up in the short term, does that tell Vince, well, hey, listen, things aren't really all that bad. Let's stay with the status quo. Yeah, I think that um, they'll certainly be encouraged by the fact that rating didn't plummet um, like it has been in recent weeks. But I don't think they should be too heartened by that either. I think they've got to look at the uh, competition that was uh, put up against uh, Raw on the Monday Night Football, and it perhaps wasn't as strong um, a game is perhaps uh, other weeks and certainly last week. So they shouldn't get too excited and thinking, well, League of Nations equal ratings. It certainly doesn't. Uh, so they've got to continue to work hard. I mean, I've got to say I've not been as down on Raw as others may have been this week. I know that Raw has been savaged by various people across the internet and across different podcasts this week. I thought it wasn't a great show, certainly, at least they were trying something. They were doing different things, and they were trying to make Raw eventful. They were trying to move storylines along, and um, coming up with these two new factions was certainly something that's um, away from the usual monotony and predictability of, of Raw for not only the last few weeks, but of recent months. So I commend them on that. But as I've talked about numerous occasions on this show, I think that the problems with Raw... Um, and the WWE in general are far more deep-rooted and the solutions to that are far more radical in terms of what they need to be and far more fundamental in terms of uh, the way they need to go about changing things. You know, it's not just about the booking. It's not just about how people present it or who is in what spot. It's about everything. The presentation, the camera work, the lighting, uh graphics, production, the whole lot, everything top to bottom needs to change and needs to change significantly like it did in 1997, which is what saved the company when it was on the verge of going out of business because they seemed like they just wouldn't be able to compete with WCW. And they really need to think about this because 
I think they're taking it for granted that, okay, our re- revenues are going to be at record high this year, so why change things? Things are okay. And I think that is the same kind of attitude that led to WCW's demise. In 1998, they were thinking, well, look, we're number one now. And, um, you know, ratings are great. Attendances are great. We're making more money than ever. Why should we change things? And they didn't change. And then two and a half years later, they were out of business. So I'm not saying that WWE is going to be out of business in two and a half years, but they could certainly be in a much worse position two and a half years from now if they continue to take their fan base for granted. And I'm afraid that that's what they've been doing for quite a while now. And I think the fans are reaching the point where they're getting sick of it. And the numbers tell you that um, fan apathy is on the increase. I mean, one of the statistics I've got is is that um, in recent weeks, from hour one to hour three, the rating for Raw decreases by 13%. Now, just to put that into context, going back only three years, ratings from hour one to three would only decrease by 5%. So there are far more people tuning out of Raw and than they used to. In the past, they stuck with the show for the whole three hours. Now it's less so because they think, why should we sit through this? It's almost becoming a chore run something that people want to watch and want to see on a weekly basis. And uh, they need to really address this and get to the root of the problem because it's a big problem. Armando, what are your thoughts on this? Do you do you echo uh, Mo's points or, or do you have a different view? No, I definitely, I, I think Mo's spot on on a lot of things. I, I think that this is more bad news than good news because of complacency with the company. I'm afraid that this is something like you said, like, oh, well, things aren't so bad. You know, the ratings are, are slowly rising and things are okay. I think the problem with WWE and it being so stale is that Vince is still running the, the show. And Vince is a big fan of cartoony gimmicks. And we see that with Sheamus. We see that with the Usos and how, you know, ridiculously the face paint, the Usos could be great with a rugged feel. They could black face paint. They could be more aggressive. They can be great. But they have this gimmick of like this childish gimmick. So does Sheamus. So do these guys. And I think that they need to get away from that and get into more realistic gimmicks. I think you know, like WCW, they did have their problems. But what made WCW pop when the outsiders went to WCW was just that, was that they were very realistic. You know what I mean? They they, were The gimmicks were real. They were real people. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they were real people going over there and taking care of business. And now I think everything still remains too cartoony for people's liking. And and if the ratings continue to rise little by little, you know, then Vince is going to be happy with this, you know, the same thing. We need to promote the Kevin Owenses and, and those types of people that give this mean streak and that have that type of attitude. And that's what's really lacking. And I'm afraid that it's going to continue to lack until things change. Well, you know, and, and one of the statistics that I heard uh, earlier this week is that uh, for the calendar year, the stock of WWE is up roughly 58%. So in all of this, even though the ratings continue to suffer, and yes, they were better this week than they were last, but overall uh, they've been down. And I actually have a chart that I want to talk about here in just a second uh, regarding this. But, I mean, overall, it's not good news in terms of rating, but in terms of revenue, for whatever reason, uh, things are, are very, very good right now. And so it almost encourages them not to really make a change, even though there's so much anger from some fans and growing apathy from others as well. The chart I want to talk about um, is the average Raw TV rating from January to WrestleMania 1996 to present. 
If you look at this chart and you can find it by just Googling it online, you will see the spike of ratings during the Attitude Era in which there was a consistent period of time where you had ratings between five and a half and six, and now that rating has dipped below a three, and it has steadily declined on average from 2002 to present. It looks like a dying patient. It does. And can I ask you guys something? How is USA giving them SmackDown if they can't even get ratings for Raw? This is what I don't understand. Well, I mean, to to be fair, I mean, in in terms of the the other content that's on the USA Network, I mean, WWE Raw is still doing considerably better. I think they're still doubling the numbers of some of the other best shows or most viewed shows on USA Network that's non-WWE. So in that case, I still think things are good. But I think over the long term, if you have this product that you're counting on delivering some serious ratings for your advertisers so that revenue continues to come in and you continue to have numbers that are hovering uh, around three or below three when there was a time when this show was bringing in four, 4.5, five, five and a half, sixes, uh, there's some serious questions that are going to be asked. Mo? Well, that's right. I mean, when the WWE signed this deal um, for Raw, it was averaging around a three rating. And in recent weeks, it's been down to two, one, two, 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 two and a half, uh, significantly below the numbers it was doing when the deal was signed. And the way that the numbers are heading, by the time the deal is up in about 18 months' time, those numbers could well be below two. They could be what down to 1.8, 1.9. Now, if they're having to go around the table with USA Network and say, look, we want you to match, if not exceed, our deal from three years ago, USA Network execs are going to laugh in their face and say, okay, yeah, go and try and get a better deal elsewhere. So let's see who's going to offer you that kind of money. Um, they're going to have a real problem. You know, TV revenue is, is still a very, very important part of their overall revenue. TV revenue is something like 30 to 35% of their overall revenue. So even though uh, the network is certainly becoming an increasingly important revenue stream, TV revenue is still significantly important to the company. And if they just take their ratings for granted and think that it's not a big deal that ratings are decreasing, and it's not just in the USA that they are decreasing, it's um, a problem worldwide. Even here in the UK, um, raw ratings are... Uh, definitely less than they were several years ago. And um, then, you know, not only for the USA network deal, but for deals around the world, their income will almost certainly decrease. And this is at a time when um, sports uh, TV deals have, uh, you know, benefited massively. Uh, NFL, NBA, etc. They've all seen uh, massive increases in their revenues from the deals that have been negotiated by those um, sports. And, you know, WWE is sort of lumped in with those types of franchises. And, you know, they've, they've I think, dropped the ball because they've taken a bit of a focus off of ratings. And, um, you know, Vince Russo has criticized a lot in the past for being too ratings-focused at the expense of other um, aspects of the business like pay-per-view. But... Um, you know, he was he was quite right that, you know, TV ratings are, are still very important. It's all about the eyeballs. And sure, you've got YouTube and you've got other things that people try and consume WWE through, but the ratings for TV and TV generally are still very, very important. And they can't take that for granted because the network subscription numbers as they are 
95% probably are subscribing because of the exposure um, to the WWE product via television. So TV is still very important, and they can't take it for granted. You know, you bring up an interesting point, um, and on the topic of Vince Russo, Vince Russo said something earlier this week which uh, really rang with me. He said that the problem with the current WWE product, uh, and I'll get your thoughts on this, Armando, is not that the product is TVPG. He said the problem is that WWE Raw has become TVPC. What do you think about those comments? Well, I think he's right. I mean, it's, it's, they're not pushing the boundaries. They're not doing what they did when they had the four, five, six ratings, when Stone Cold would drive the Zamboni out chugging beer and, and, and Sable would be out there, you know, parading yourself around, Sable bombing Mark Merrow. Things like this are happening. Now we're getting main events on Raw that is a seven on four mixed tag and nobody cares. Nobody cares. And like Mo said, the ratings drop hour to hour and it's just because they're not giving you anything to stick around for. And that's, it's, it, it's something Thing that I think is very true. What Vince Russo saying is that it's just too politically correct. We're not trying to push the boundaries. We're not trying to ruffle any feathers in the WWE, and and that's what you got to be a polarizing figure. You got to be, you know, you got to be something that that is drawing attention, whether for good or bad. You need attention, and they're not getting that attention at all in any facet. It con- it controversy creates cash, as Eric Bischoff would say. Absolutely, and and and, and I, I think you know Vince Russo's right. I mean. TVPG is not the problem. I mean, we people like myself and a lot of the red meat hardcore wrestling fans, we're not looking for guys to blade. We're not looking to see side boob all the time. We're not looking to have you know angles where Kyantai kidnaps Val Venus and chops his penis off. I mean, <laughs> I mean, stuff like that is very Jerry Springer. And I'm not asking for that. What I'm asking for is to be treated like an adult. What I'm asking for is for compelling, dramatic, engrossing, can't-miss television that should be produced by a team of television writers who can't write. Um, What say you, Mo, about Vince Russo's comments on the TV PC? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those um, comments I've got to agree with. I don't often agree with Vince Russo, but I think he's right. Um, It is too safe, the whole thing. They don't want to offend anyone in any particular way. Um, and by doing that, you know, there's nothing about the product that, you know, grabs your attention because everything is so um, strictly managed in the way it's presented. And, um, you know, we've talked about how it's a sterile era. Well, you know, that that just kind of sums it all up. It, it's all about um, doing everything in a very safe way in an inoffensive way. And, um, you know, a good example of that is the recent angle between Charlotte and Paige. Now, I um, came out in criticism of that angle, and I know um, you, Matt, were in support of the angle. And, yes. Um, you know, you didn't think that uh, people criticizing uh, it as an angle, um, you know, were perhaps uh, being contradictory to the whole argument about making the product more risque and going back to the Attitude Era. And I can understand that point of view. Um, And I think there's all types of different scenarios. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of different types of um, storylines and angles that they can do, which can be um, slightly politically incorrect, um, slightly edgy, 
slightly, um, you know, right at that kind of margin um, between, um, you know, taste and decency. And, you know, WWE needs to think about whether that's the kind of direction they need to go down because the product is so geared towards young children. I mean, let's uh, be honest here. This is prime time. We're talking about prime time television. This isn't Saturday morning cartoons at 10 a.m. when you're when your five-year-old's sitting in front of the tube and they have to be entertained. This is yeah. prime time television, and we need a reason to watch. Exactly. And we were watching when we were younger and in the Attitude Era and things like that. We were being kept watching these things, and it was it was I can't mean, miss. They were fearless, it, 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 a little stupid sometimes, but fearless. Like when you know uh, DX painted their faces black and were the Nation of Domination and doing that stupid. Yes. Politically correct, no, but fearless. And they have to take risks, and they're just not taking any. Well, that's right. And, you know, Mick Foley recently talked about how one of the best things about the Attitude Era was that talent had freedom. They were allowed to do things that um, weren't necessarily all scripted to the nth degree. And, you know, that's what allowed acts to get over in the first place. That's what allowed Stone Cold Steve Austin to become what he became for The Rock to become what he became, for Mick Foley to become more popular than he'd ever been in his career. And all of these things have been taken away. Everything is so carefully managed, micromanaged, and WWE thinks it's doing itself a favor when it isn't. Now, there are acts potentially in the last five, ten years that could have gotten over and become huge stars, but they never had that opportunity because of the constraints put on them. And, you know, that, that's something we've talked about on numerous occasions but the best example this week is where Brad Maddox has been fired because he used the word prick on a promo. I mean, how, how stupid is that? Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a profanity, but so what? I mean, we hear words that are close to profanities on, on TV all the time. And, um, you know, nobody bats an eyelid at those things. Here's and the thing that's confusing me about that a little bit, Mo. Uh, the Brad Maddox promo, that wasn't on live television, was it? Uh, no, I don't believe it was, no. So what's the big deal? That's the, that's well, the whole thing. Is it, 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 Okay, so the guy made a mistake. So cut the promo. I mean, I, I know how things work in, in this business, working at Reality of Wrestling, and, and a lot of what a lot of what we do is is in post. It, it's 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 post production work, and and a lot of that is true when it comes to these promos. Even the pro, a lot of promos that you will see live on Monday Night Raw, many of those were shot backstage earlier. Um, so I, 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 to me, I just I don't understand using that as an excuse to, to, to fire the guy in the first place. I mean, they, if creative had nothing for him, you should have let him go previous to that instead of using this as an excuse to fire the guy. Well, that's right. I mean, if they wanted to get rid of him, and this is just an excuse to get rid of him, and that's one thing. But if they genuinely meant to get rid of him because they were that upset about this comment, then that tells you all you need to know about this company in terms of its current mindset. And if that's the case, then goodness gracious, um, that's, that's really scary. And it suggests that any opportunity, any chances to move in a more adult direction, in the one direction that is less politically correct, well, that could be many years away. So and that, that's really depressing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, here's another interesting thing. Let's talk about this for a second. So WWE. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Has produced a survey, which it handed out to its WWE fan council. Now, WWE says that their fan council is a diverse and dynamic group of people sharing thoughts on a wide range of WWE topics and initiatives, blah, blah, blah. And I say blah, blah, blah because WWE always asks for audience participation. They say, get involved, be a vocal part of the WWE universe, except they confiscate signs at events, except they tell people who dress up like past superstars they need to take it off, especially if they're sitting in the front row, except for the times when they are pumping in crowd noise or muting crowd noise to fit a specific narrative for a specific character vis-a-vis Roman Reigns. So they took this survey. They put together a long survey. I have some of the questions because I have the survey in front of us, gentlemen. And here is what I have gleaned from this survey. Is that once again, we have too many cooks in the kitchen, just like the writing staff, many of which I don't even believe are actually wrestling fans, which also may be part of the problem is an entirely other conversation. Um, the fact that they put together a survey, and it is a long survey, asking questions such as, do you ever fast forward during a recorded episode of Raw? Or where do you see advertisements about upcoming episodes of Raw? Who in your household watches Raw? And this thing goes on and on and on, when in reality, uh, many of these problems could be solved by simply listening to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a novel concept, isn't it? Listening to uh, the reaction of fans at an arena. Who'd ever thought of that? Um, yeah, it's it's actually mind-boggling, isn't it? That they're getting to a stage where they're so unsure, so unclear about which direction they need to go to and go in that um, they're having to ask the fans. And yet, you know, the fans are there giving telling them free them. feedback. Yes, yeah, telling them, and 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 they are willfully ignoring it and sometimes muting it. Armando, is it time to press the reset button? 
sometimes I think it is, man. I mean, if you got to put out these surveys and the questions that they're asking, how often do you fast forward? I'm, I can answer these questions for everyone pretty damn often. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's who else watches this with you? Nobody, because they get bored halfway through and tell me to change the channel. These, I think everybody has the same answers. It's, it's just, and it's like you guys say, it's pretty obvious. If you listen to the arena, if you, if they would have listened to how, you know, the arena rea- responded at Staples Center for Alberto Dorio, there's no way that Alberto Dorio gets buried this way. They just don't listen and they don't care. And, and, and whether it's Triple H and Stephanie or whether it's Vince, something has to change because, uh, if it's a power struggle, that's one thing, but we're not seeing this type of issue with NXT. We're not seeing this type of issue there. It's only, you know, on the main roster and it's only for Raw, really. And it's quite, you know, it's mind boggling, like Mo said. Here's a question from the survey, which I, I also found um, pretty interesting. It says, before Monday Night Raw airs, how frequently do you check to see which superstars or divas are going to appear on Raw? And the reason why I find that interesting is because during the Attitude Era and during that hot period in professional wrestling or sports entertainment where it was can't miss, did we watch or look for in anticipation who was going to be on the show each week? Or were we just like, I can't wait to see this show I can't wait to watch the show because the show is going to be good. The show is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm going to see Stone Cold. Yeah, I'm going to see The Rock. But I'm also going to see all of this other crazy, this craziness going on, things that are interesting, things that are dramatic. I mean, to me, I just, these questions, as I read them, they demonstrate to me that there's a fundamental lack of understanding from the company itself and how to please its audience. And that is very troubling. Yes, it is, absolutely. Uh, They've got a fundamental problem here. And, you know, it's becoming increasingly clear that they've got little to no idea about how to resolve this problem. You know, it's a complex problem. And it's that fan apathy is increasing. And, you know, we talked about um, fans switching off of the show. We talked about the ratings decreasing. We talk, you know, one of the things that um, we haven't talked about is is that attendances at live shows has been decreasing as well. Now, there are all these different indicators that the telling WWE fan interest is on the decrease. It's on the decline. And one of the only reasons why the network numbers are going up is because they're increasing the number of countries that they're making that um, network available in, not necessarily because uh, it's a sign that the product is hot. Um, it's because compared to where the network was 18 months ago, it's available in many, many hundreds of millions more homes than it was um, 18 months ago. So they need to consider, you know, all types of things about not only the way in which they book the product, the way they present the product, but the way they bring people in to run their company and to um, steer the company in a creative way. And one of the issues that has played the company for a long time now is that they almost have this um, dislike about bringing people in of a pro wrestling background to book the product, to write the shows. You know, they have done that in the past. They brought in people like Court Bauer um, and one or two other individuals who worked 
for independent promotions, those types of individuals are rarities. The majority of people that they bring in to book the product are people who are not wrestling fans, who've got little to no interest in wrestling, and they think that by bringing outsiders in, that they'll bring in different kinds of ideas and concepts um, that will um, attract wrestling audiences. And that has been a spectacular failure. And there's so many examples and there's lots of evidence to tell you that that's the case, that these people who don't understand wrestling aren't able to book a good, solid, compelling wrestling product. And that's the issue. The, the TV product right now is not compelling. It's not intriguing. It's not interesting. Uh, it's too predictable. And people will watch and they'll chew in if the product is unpredictable, if the characters are um, individuals that you can relate to, and um, the storylines are episodic in terms of the way that they are pull, all pulled together um, from show to show. And that's just completely absent. It, it's just not there. And, you know, it doesn't need a survey to tell you this. And if they think that they need to survey people to try and figure out what's wrong, then that is doubly, doubly scary. Yeah, and, and to that point uh, as well, uh, not one of these questions on this survey has anything to do with predictability or unpredictability at all. Questions on the survey, including talking about whether or not you watch Monday Night Football frequently, so they're looking for an excuse, something else to blame it on, and, of course, reinforce their own opinion that they've already reached. Here's another one. Would the inclusion of the following ideas impact your interest in viewing Raw more often? Some of the options include legends, including in matches, Celebrity guest appearances and specialty matches. Oh, God. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> they need to stop with that celebrity stuff. It's just, ugh, I yes, can't do I'll that. I'll tell you what will move the needle. More grumpy cat. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is this so hard for them to understand? Here's the solution. Put, put Paul Heyman in charge. Done. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and they can't fill three hours of quality television. When we used to watch it in the Attitude Era, it was two hours, and they couldn't, they, you know, they didn't have enough time to fit all the stuff, that the exciting things that they had. Now they have three hours to play with, and they can't even have you watch for 15 minutes because you can't, can't get past the opening segment do you because Seamus is annoying. Do you guys remember that time right before Jurgen Klopp saved Liverpool? And we were all licking our lips at the opportunity at the at the sheer possibility of Jurgen Klopp becoming the manager of this club, imagine what Paul Heyman would do for Monday Night Raw if you gave him six months. Oh God, that the best thing that can happen to WWE. I mean, he's not been in a creative position for many years now, but you know, he surely couldn't be any worse than um, the two dozen writers that they've got between uh, writing these shows, Raw, SmackDown, main event, um, you know, they're completely devoid of imagination. And it's it's staggering that they've got so many people involved in the creative process, yet between them, you know, they, they could barely come up with anything that is of interest that really captures the imagination. Um, you know, if the best they can come up with is a fat, balding Tommy Dreamer to come out on Raw, then God help us. Yeah, I, I agree. Um all right, guys, we have to move on to our Twitter questions and comments from listeners this week. Let's get into a few. This first one comes from Nathan Stalker, at Voice of Nathan on Twitter. Thank you for your question, Nathan. 
And this is the question. What could a star like Chris Jericho do in this roster? And could he put over anyone with a big impact? Uh, We'll start with you, Armando. What do you think about this? Is Chris Jericho the answer? Could he help out at all? I don't think so, man. When we saw Chris Jericho in the Beast of the East and we saw Chris Jericho doing, uh, you know, in ring now, he's not what he used to be. Uh, in fact, he has a body like my uncle. Like, he just looks like a regular dude that can't go out there and do <laughs> it. Like, bad bod? Yeah. Bad bod. Bad. And it's just, yeah, Chris Jericho, to be fair, quite honest, I wasn't a fan of Chris Jericho when he was hot. So for me, it, it wouldn't work. I, I wouldn't like that personally. Okay, fair enough. Mo, what do you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm in the Armando uh, camp. Actually, I'm not the world's biggest Chris Jericho fan either. Um, since certainly since the days of his WCW run, um, I was never somebody who was enamoured by his entire time as a full timer um, as Y2J. It just never did anything for I me. Agree. And I just don't see um, what value can add. I mean, he can go out there and he can have a good match, but beyond that. Um, you know, he's just been come and gone so often that his his name increasingly um, means little. And uh, yeah, he can come in and have a good match and he'll disappear. Um, but I don't think he's at a stage now where he can elevate somebody um, in the way that he perhaps could have done effectively seven, eight, nine years ago. So that time's been and gone. And um, if anything, I'd prefer him not to come back. For, for the record, I am a fan of, of Chris Jericho's, just not of the recent incarnations of Chris Jericho. Um, so I have to agree with both of you on this in, in the sense that Chris Jericho really can't do much for this roster at this point. And if you look at some of the other guys he's given nods to, including Thundongo at WrestleMania, uh, that really didn't do uh, very much for his career as he is um, now on the witness protection program. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the next question comes from Guy Drinkle at Guy Drinkle. He said, would it surprise you if Kevin Owens joined the League of Nations? This is interesting because Kevin Owens, of course, is Canadian, another another dirty Canadian um, joining a, a faction. Could we have, um, you know, possibly another Heart Foundation thing going on here? Uh, what do you guys think about that, Mo? I like the idea. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not a bad one. Um, I still think that they need to do something with the League of Nations, which results in it disbanding um, around or shortly after the Royal Rumble. Because if that's going to be the key faction and the focus of everything leading up to WrestleMania, then it almost makes me glad that I'm not going to be going to that show now. Um, you know, that that was a show I should – I mean, sorry to – digress but you know Wrestlemania was actually a show that I really wanted to go to um, but in the last two months I've been looking at the whole situation with the WWE and thinking what kind of lineup is that show going to have Yes, and is it the kind of lineup that's going to um, help me dispense with several hundred pounds or dollars whatever you want to say um, to travel all the way to Texas all the way to Dallas and spend you know four or five days there and I've got to say no and I'm glad that I'm not going now. And, um, you know, that that's sad because, you know, that show should be one of the all-time great rest, uh, WWE events and it's shaping up to be a spectacular, spectacularly underwhelming event because I just don't see where that show's going. You know, we're only four months away from that show now. And, you know, other than maybe um, Roman Reigns against Triple H, uh, I just don't see what other kind of matches that are going to capture the imagination for that card. And it, it's really, um, that's really sad. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's an excellent point, Armando. I mean, uh, react to that uh, because you do live in the in the states. Um, will you be attending WrestleMania? Is your level of excitement less now? What what can get your your blood pressure up for this thing, if anything? Yeah, I think my level of excitement is is down a little bit with Seth Rollins' injury and and the quality of. of you know, programming that's coming out right now and heading towards WrestleMania. Like most said, it's only four months away. You know, I was looking forward to maybe saving up some money and trying to figure out my way down there to, to Texas and stuff. But now it just seems like a waste of time. Like I'm not going to enjoy myself to the, to it's, you know what it is. It's I've never been to WrestleMania and this wouldn't be the WrestleMania I would want to remember. I think as me going as a fan, because it's not, it doesn't captivate me. Uh, I mean, Kevin Owens is a good wrestler. There's good wrestlers and good stuff, but they're not being booked properly. They're not presented to me properly, and I'm not excited about it. I, I'm going to watch WrestleMania because I love wrestling. I'm going to watch it, but it doesn't mean that necessarily I'm excited for it or that I'll be ex- you know, happy with the end product. And, and that's a scary realization because WrestleMania for sure was a lock for me to enjoy all the time to talk about the next Monday and for the whole week to come. And now I'm kind of afraid that WrestleMania won't be that way. And, and it's a little scary to be quite fair. And it's the first time I felt like this in a long, long time, if not ever. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a bad, uh, a bad omen for WWE because they have roughly a hundred thousand tickets to sell for this event at AT&T Stadium. Our next question comes from Andy Wales from the Anfield Index at Andy Armchair, of course, the host of the Reds Review. He says, would the Royal Rumble be a good time to move Samoa Joe up, and could he be a future opponent for Brock Lesnar? Mo, what do you think about that? Well, it's a good time as any, given the lack of uh, top-tier talent um, on the main roster. Samoa Joe has shown for a number of years that he is an exceptional talent. You know, he's he's one of these guys that really caught my eye right at the advent of ROH back in 2002. Somebody who was unique and different in his look um, and the way he wrestled. You know, he's somebody who's definitely not PC or PG in the way that he carries himself in the ring. You know, he goes out there, he's an ass kicker. He um, takes no prisoners and um, he works a very stiff style um, inspired by the late great Hishinya Hashimoto and um, you know somebody who I think if he was called up to the main roster could certainly um, uh, get over and be something different and uh, be very popular in much the same way as Kevin Owens and um, as a worker, he's he's just terrific. He can have a great match with anyone. So it's not only the fact that he can have a great match, you know, as a character uh, with his intensity and everything else. I mean, it adds something different to Raw, you know, to get away from the light-hearted um, PG PC entertainment that we see. You know, he's somebody who's going to go out there, mean all business, and prove it in the ring within the squared circle. So you know, he could come in and really be a valuable addition. And I think now is as good a time as any. Armando, what do you think? Uh, I agree. I mean, Samoa Joe's not getting any younger. His impact in NXT has been great. He's had a great reception there. He's doing a great job there. The show is well run. I think if he comes to, to the main roster, the sooner the better, like Mo says. I think it's necessary. He, he, his mean streak, his attitude, his aggressiveness, all of that can play can pay dividends for, for WWE. You know, if you throw, like Mo said, him and Kevin Owens have such great chemistry. If you throw them, you know, out there on Raw for the IC title, that's already more exciting than a Raw I've seen in the past, you know, two months. So these are things that can happen that can make 
you know, the main roster in WWE and Raw and, and all of this more appealing. And he's a key piece to this. And they have him sitting there and they have the capability to do this, yet they're not pulling the trigger yet. So I, I, I agree with Mo. It has to be sooner than later. Yeah, I, I fear that there may be some political elements uh, involved in all of this. And, and I think there is some, some politics that exists between the NXT branch and, and the WWE main roster. And uh, I think that could be part of the reason. Listen, we, we talk about Samoa Joe. I mean, the NXT champion, uh, a guy in Prince Devitt, uh, who has been one of the biggest stars in Japan for a decade. And there sits Devitt, there sits Finn Balor, whatever you want to call him. Uh, now at, I believe, 32, if not 33 years of age, um, it's time. Now's the time. I mean, you have a bona fide superstar on your hands. He's already been a superstar in one of the biggest countries in the world for a decade. Uh, if you're not going to utilize him and make money from him and give him a spot, a spot that he so richly deserves and has earned, then what's the point of having him at all? Because having him in NXT alone is is simply not good business for your company. So I have to agree uh, as well on the Samoa Joe thing. At this point, anything will help and will generate interest. And I would like to see Samoa Joe move up to the main roster, and I think he'd make a fine opponent for Brock Lesnar. I think we'd have a real fight on our hands. Um, we have one more question before we move on, guys, and this comes from Pratik Gupta at PrattG63. His question is, how many more times... Are we going to see Tyler Breeze versus Dolph Ziggler? Armando? Hopefully none. No more. I love Tyler Breeze. Don't get me wrong. I think Tyler Breeze has has everything you need. He, he He's, you know, a pretty boy with a mean streak. He's a heel, you know, vintage heel. I think Tyler Breeze is, is going to be a success if, if they keep, you know, booking him properly. I'm just tired of Dolph Ziggler in general. I think he's one of the biggest jobbers I've seen in a long time or most you know, big name jobber. Him and Cesaro are the epitome of jobber to me right now. Oh, and I, wow. And that, and that, that's a shame. I love Cesaro. His talent is immense, but the way they use Cesaro, he's losing every night and, or he's on the pre-show for a pay-per-view and he's just not being used properly. He's being used like a, a very popular jobber. Yeah. Uh, well, that, in, in that sense, I, I, I can definitely agree uh, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the booking. Mo. I know that you want to see Breeze and Ziggler every night, 60 minutes, Broadway for the next year. Tell me. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a highlight. That'd get me so excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th th this is one of these things where, again, you know, if, if we were in a P un PG, um, sorry, un PC era, um, you know, this whole thing would culminate in um, Tyler Breeze and Dolph Ziggler eventually hooking up and forming. Um, a partnership in more ways than one, and um, you know that you know the, the, these these are two very great you know talented performers, but um, you know again they are afflict, uh, afflicted by the kind of general um, uncreative uh, creatives, and uh, it's it's a real shame because you know Tyler Breeze has worked so hard. You know I've been watching WWE Breaking Ground that. Um, great documentary about um, all the talent within NXT and it's shown on one of the recent episodes about his journey through NXT and the time he's taken um, to get the attention of people um, within the company to uh, accept that yes he can be called up to the main roster and now that he's been brought up the way he's been booked has largely been terrible and that's a real shame and 
you know, Dolph Ziggler is another example of somebody who they've completely lost the plot on. Somebody who was so over, if you remember WrestleMania, um, the night after WrestleMania, Raw, uh, sorry, the Monday Night Raw, uh, what, two and a half years ago when he won the WWE title, the reaction he got was like nothing I'd ever heard. It was incredible. And um, to think that that same act who was super over then is such a nobody, such an non-entity now, it just shows you how um, misguided the whole booking is, that he's now some guy that is almost booked to appeal to Van Halen fans and uh, somebody who, despite being an exceptional worker, is presented in such a way that 99% of the audience can't relate to him. That's just a crying shame. So, you know, these guys epitomize what's wrong with the company because People should be interested and excited about watching these guys, but the fact that they're booked together constantly um, is just showing how lacking imagination the company is. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, Well, thank you to the listeners for the Twitter questions. Awesome, as always. Let's move on to our final discussion of the night. Rumors surrounding Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. If this match happens, does it change your opinion regarding the big show? Armando? I mean, it does a little. Uh, not enough for me to spend all that money to go down there to Texas, but it does a little. I mean, Brock Lesnar, he's, he's, he's great at what he does. Uh, the thing about Brock Lesnar to me is I'm not impressed by it. Uh, as somebody that a physical specimen or at that size, he should be doing all the things he's doing. I'm not impressed by it. It, It's not something that catches my attention and and captivates me like he's superhuman. It's just, he's a big ass dude who should be able to do that shit. That's how I feel. (laughs) Secondly, with Kevin Owens, I think he's the perfect competition though, because he's that dude that doesn't take any shit and it's just going to work out. Will Brock Lesnar destroy him eventually at the end of that match? Probably because he's this immovable object or whatever, but it will be, probably the best thing that we can hope for right now. Well, but it could build the babyface sympathy for um, for Kevin Owens, which could lead to uh, all other new avenues for him. I mean, Mo, what do you think about this? Could this be the ultimate rub that we've been waiting for for Kevin Owens? And if that's the case, do you think it will actually happen? If it happens, that would be superb. But I'd be shocked if that happened because all the evidence of the last few months, in fact, last few years, suggests that you know, the company doesn't like to use WrestleMania to elevate new talent. It's increasingly become um, a nostalgia show. It's about bringing in uh, names from the past and um, using them as marquee names to attract fans to the show, um, both to watch on the network, on pay-per-view, or to attend as a live event. And... Um, you know, it'd be the best thing in the world for me if they use WrestleMania next year to elevate talent. And Kevin Owens is somebody that is uh, primed and ready to be elevated to that next level. And Brock Lesnar would be the perfect opponent to do that. And I think the match that those two could have would be exceptional. It'd be one of the best matches of 2016. Um, but do I think it's going to happen? Um, yes, it could. If it w- will, um, will he be put over? I almost certainly think not. And that that's, um, again, part of the problem with the WWE is that 
they just don't want to put, you know, really elevate the talent and do what's needed to push those talents up and uh, make them those genuine bona fide superstars. Kevin Owens is bubbling under. He's just ready to uh, become a top, top guy um, that everyone sees as a top talent. Um, but the booking of him in the last two, three months has certainly not indicated that the company's inclined to move in that direction and make him a, a bona fide top star. And, and again, and I've used the word sad um, on several occasions on this show, um, but, you know, that would be sad too. You know, what's incredible to me is I'm sitting here with my little notepad, just making some notes, writing some things down. I wrote a few names down. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Cesaro with an asterisk next to it because he's hurt right now, Dean Ambrose, Samoa Joe, Alberto Del Rio. And I keep being told that the roster at the top is depleted. Every single one of these guys is a huge star. If you'll just get out of their way and let them be one. Absolutely. And I just, I don't for the life of me understand now when you have an injury crisis where you have Randy Orton out for as much as 18 months, you've got Cesaro out for however extended period of time, even though they weren't really using him in the main event anyway. You have Cena who's out on break. Um, who else do we have that's out right now that's not available? Oh, of course, Seth mean- Rollins. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, who 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 claims he's medically cleared, yet they won't clear, but we, we've talked about that as well um, and some of the issues there. So th- it's, it's there. I mean, if you go back and you look at the Attitude Era, and if you look at the Ruthless Aggression Era, if you look at that period of time from 1997 through 2004, 2005, uh, and you can even go back farther than that, the superstars that were born because of injuries, I mean... If Shawn Michaels doesn't go out with that back injury, does Steve Austin have that long, incredible run with the title? I don't know. That's a question that people have asked for many, many years. But it allowed Austin the opportunity to break through and become a big star. It set the stage for The Rock to break through and become a big star. Now there's an opportunity. You've got all this talent here, but for whatever reason, you won't allow them to be in the top spot. You won't allow them an opportunity to take the ball and run with it. And that's what I just can't figure out is while you're saying we have a depleted roster and you have all these guys basically sitting on the bench or at NXT, you have Sheamus with the WWE Championship. And then instead of saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should make things more compelling. Maybe we should listen to the audience at a live event. They send out a survey. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. They're no, just I mean, clueless. It seems. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um one of these issues that the WWE in their mind, uh, perhaps it's Vince more than other people, but uh, they've got this thing in their mind about what makes a perfect talent, what makes a perfect superstar, and I don't think any of the guys on the roster or girls for that matter fit that kind of template of what this perfect superstar should be and as a result of that if there are any deficiencies against that template against that um um uh, kind of uh, you know ideal then you know they hold that against that talent so with Cesaro because he can't cut great promos okay let's not push him because of Kevin Owens, he hasn't got a particular kind of look. Okay, we'll only push him so far. Daniel Bryan, okay, he's only five foot eight. Let's not push him to the moon. Um, with CM Punk, it was attitude. 
with every single talent, they find one reason or another not to attach the rocket um, to their back and shoot them to the moon. And the only real exception in the last few years has perhaps been um, Seth Rollins. And even with him, the way that he was booked this year um, certainly didn't suggest that the company was 100% behind him. Well, despite here, the fact they kept his title on him. The, here, here's, here's a good stat for you. I'm glad you brought that up because I've talked about how he was booked as WWE champion. In televised matches, I hope you gentlemen are ready for this. I hope you're sitting down. In televised matches, Seth Rollins lost in 15 out of 16 contests while he was WWE champion. No. Yes. Wow. Wow. And then, but 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 this, of course, is Seth Rollins' fault that the WWE title picture wasn't interesting while he was carrying the belt, because of course these are shoot fights; they're not predetermined. And of course, Seth Rollins is booking himself if it is predetermined. I mean, what what are, what are these people thinking? You know, I mean, I don't, this one, I don't understand the criticism. I, I I don't I don't get it. It's not Seth Rollins' fault. Could you imagine Shawn Michaels? during any one of his heel title runs being booked that way as heel champion? No, no, it, it's, um, it, it, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't, I'm less speechless by that stuff. Yeah, me too. I'm shocked, man. That's that's pretty out, uh, astounding, really, to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, there you go. There it is, folks. <laughs> I mean, uh, what, else, what else can you say? So uh, other than we wish uh, Seth Rollins uh, a speedy recovery uh, because it's clear that, uh, that we could use him on the show. Hey, guys, listen, we've had a great discussion. Uh, let's get out of here with our shameless plugs. Armando, thank you again for being on the show. We'll start with you. What do you got? What's going on in your life, man? What do you got coming up? Well, thanks, Brad. Thank you both, Mo. Matt, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope to do it again sometime. Uh, for me, I have the WFI podcast. We've been working really hard on that. We've had Tim Vickery on. We've discussed some, uh, you know, uh, World Cup, some past World Cups. We have under Belgian, under 22s, scouting reports. We have so much going on at the World Football Index. If you guys want to check that out, that's part of the Anfield Index family too. It's on there and on iTunes. By all means, check that out. I should be recording a new Anfield Index uh, Mexico podcast this week as well. So please, uh, Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Other than that, it's just been an absolute pleasure. Thanks again, guys. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on, my friend. Mo, what's up, man? How, are, you, are you feeling any better than you were at the start of the podcast? Well, talking about WWE is perhaps more painful than having a kidney stone, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, you know, soldiering through it. So, uh, I'm fine. I mean, in terms of plugs, um, I'm working on that myth mythical book, uh, working on the latest <laughs> chapter. So it's coming along. All right. Awesome. Um, and throw out your Twitter again, man. Where can people tweet at you? At Mochatra, M-O-C-H-A-T-R-A. And you can follow me through there. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, to find out more about what I'm doing, check out mattapolsky.com. It's a website about all my projects and everything I'm involved in. Uh, you can find me, obviously, on Twitter, at Matt Sapolsky. Uh, a couple of other things. I am uh, one of the hosts uh, and commentators for Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, which airs every single week uh, in Houston. And then you can also find it online. Go to realityofwrestling.com. Every single episode each week is uploaded to our official YouTube page, and you can find that through the website. Last but not least, my co-host on 
Booker T's Reality of Wrestling is also my co-host on a five-day-a-week podcast that we do called Your Opinion Doesn't Matter. It's about sports, uh, sports entertainment, pop culture, and more. And you can find all of that at opinionpodcast.com. So thank you again for a wonderful discussion. Uh, We all can go to bed tonight feeling that we have properly vented about WWE for another week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with more of the Pro Wrestling Index, only on the Anfield Index Podcast Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.